0: Hey, hey, PodJunkins. Welcome to the Mini PC Show, episode 100. My name is door geek uh This show is brought to you not by ads, not by uh, uh, services that we don't actually believe in, but this show is brought to you tonight by Captain Zero via Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Mini PC Show. Thank you very much, Captain Zero, for all the support throughout the years and years and years and years. Uh, I'm also being supported uh, by for years and years and years by Flying Rich. How's everything going, man?
1: Hey, buddy. Uh, I am freaking fantastic, and probably the best part of my life is doing this show with you. And and I guess that's kind of a sad statement, huh? No, I, I, this is absolutely my favorite thing to do.
0: Well, I still think we need to work on something, because you should have something better than just hanging out on audio like this.
1: Well, what, what is better than hanging out with a fellow technophile... And talking geek stuff.
0: Talking geek stuff and breaking systems at the same time.
1: I guess we could drink, and, and that would probably make it perfect. Drink and smoke cigars. Boy, that went downhill quick, huh?
0: I'm sorry. I forgot to send you the Hangout link. And yeah, I'm just not sure what you. I would hang out on. You don't have your Chromebook? Yeah, I got my Chromebook. Oh, well, there you go. You can at least see that. And then you can see that I'm already partaking for you tonight. Oh, darn. you! And uh, this episode in the live if you go, I try now to twitter.com slash podnuts post when we go live. Uh, we also have a Discord server that I'm going to probably put in all the notes moving forward. And we have a Mattermost server, which is a very p- private um, place. I try to post there whenever we go live now. So if you want to hang out live, you can. Tonight we have uh, Chatter with us, Red, and we have Rain hanging out with us. Uh, thank you guys all for coming out. And I will say, Rich, it's been roughly a month. Since we did a show, I've had pneumonia. Ooh. Well, let me, let me free that. I had a cough, which turned into bronchitis, which turned into pneumonia and a, what they think was a partially collapsed left lung. So that's my excuse, um, for not being here at least a week and a half to two weeks of it. Uh, but it, it, it has been a while.
1: Dang, that, that is not a good, um, good way to go.
0: Well, I keep like saying to other people, you know, it could be a lot worse. It's pneumonia. This is 2019. They gave me what was called a Z-pack uh for like 4 days. After the 4th day, I didn't feel any better, so I went to my real in air quotes doctor. My real doctor said throw the Z-pack in the trash and then they gave me antibiotics, steroids, and a inhaler, and it's been now 6 6 days since then and I'm definitely feeling better.
1: Oh well, cool. Um yeah, I I think I have an issue with allergies. It's very mild. And then I get some congestion, which turns into an upper respiratory infection. So when I start feeling like sore in the throat, I got to make sure I'm popping the uh, claritins. And I went to I I work for a medical organization and I went to one of their work walk in clinics. It was like four frickin hundred dollars for them to take my temperature and tell me to go home. And like, yeah, you know, it's, it's nothing. We're not sending prescribing anything. I'm like, whoa. And so now, now, unless some, you know, in dire, dire straits where I need to be stitched up, I'm not going to any of these places.
0: Well, yeah, I don't like going to clinics, uh, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. I have, when I, without saying dumb, I have really good insurance, like really good insurance. So I didn't have to really pay anything at all, um. But I'm really happy that when I do need people, I do get them. The, my main goal was, and this is a tangent because I don't care. Um, my main goal was to just get the infections down so my ear infection wouldn't like spring up because that's what seems to happen with me. And thankfully, no ear infection because if there's there's two things I hate: it's ear infection and tooth infections because there's like nothing you can do about them except take me- take off uh, meds or get extractions.
1: When I was actively diving, like there, there was like a season I pretty much lost. I mean, I could do shallow dives, but I got, you know, like an ear infection, I guess, and it took forever to go away.
0: Yeah, I can't go. I can't go underwater more than like six or eight feet because of my broken nose. But enough about health. This is not, uh, not health. Old man computing. problems are us. know uh, th- this is Mini PC show. And I will say. There has been insane amounts of news in the last month. A lot of it has been enterprise focus or infrastructure focused, but there has been some genuine like mini PC type news as well. Um, I'll just say, Rich, is there anything in the last month that as soon as you saw, you thought you wanted to talk about?
1: Huh? Um, you know, I got to look through the links cause I, I've been trolling CNX and well,
0: then that's a no. I'll say that with me. There is one thing I absolutely insisted on talking about, and it's, I hate to say it like this. It's because it's almost the three Podnuts shows I do combined into one link. And that is the, um, Purism Librem five phone is out. It costs way too much money. And then they announced that there's a quote unquote American version of the phone which made only in America that literally costs $2,000. Right. One thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars.
1: So I'm I'm rocking the Note eight. My wife just got the iPhone eleven, not the super big one, whatever. Uh, I I'm saying, I mean, for her, whatever. That's that's her business. I don't want to spend a thousand dollars on my next phone, and that, that's why I'm hoping for the Pine phone to kick ass.
0: Right. I don't want to say I'll ne- to me. I never will say for. I will try not to say forever, and I'll try to say never. What I will say, I cannot perceive how a 2000 phone, a $2,000 phone is worth the money. Pause. Okay. They have an article up that I'm not linking to just to get because I didn't read it fully yet because, you know, I'm not really on board with this company yet because of like, here's a perfect example. The PC article says American made Librem five phone costs $1,999, the same privacy and security focused Linux based phone. Made in China that only cost $699. Okay. These are very, very crafted words. Security focused does not mean a secure phone. This is not a secure phone, period. And I would love someone from Librem to call me because I will hammer them harder than a soldier in some country back in the sixties doing really mean things to other people, because this is not a secure phone. Nothing about this phone is secure. It has closed source binary blobs running GPUs and CPUs. That's not secure. Okay. Now in their article, they try to say the reason that they can charge $1,999 or $1,999, is because it's an upgradable phone. I take... Upgradable to what? I take extreme extreme and harsh criticism from them saying that until I actually see the thing being upgraded. Um, I, Cause I can't see anything in the phone being upgradable except maybe the screen or maybe the battery. And that is about it. Except of course, micro SD card. So to me, for them to charge $1,999, they are literally in the exact same camp as Apple charging $53,000 for a desktop computer. Librem meet Apple, yes. Apple meet Libram. go in a closet, do whatever you want to do dirty to each other and have fun. I want nothing to do with either one of you.
1: And the progeny will look like the cyber truck.
0: Yeah. Um, but I had to bring it because I like talking about mini PCs, a phone's a mini computer. I like talking about Linux. The thing can run Linux. And I like talking about mobile computing, my Android app, So, so this literally is like, I should be all over this. I should be swooning all over this. I should be taking bribes. I mean, advertisements from everybody from GoDaddy to Better Health to uh, all kinds of stupid things just to get the money to buy this thing. But I'm not because I'm literally morally opposed to basically everything about this phone. And yet everybody I hear talking about it on everything from business podcast to lennox podcast will not stop praising it and it just proves to me that the incredibly incompetent ignorant nature of people doing podcasts out there is just that they are unbelievably ignorant and they just like riding waves hoping that they're going to get like digital clicks or downloads where i don't care stop listening i don't care yeah i can't see ever spending even $300 on this phone, to be honest, because I really honestly do not believe it's worth it. If everything in the phone is truly upgradable, you at least have my attention. But until you can run non-binary blobs from these third-party vendors, it, it, it is not a secure phone.
1: But I mean, I, I understand... See, I, I would rather have a super low-end phone, like a Nokia brick that had no blobs, than a smartphone with, without blobs. Because then I have a device that I know is secure. The, I guess, wait, let, let me take that back because that's stupid. Because really it's when you're running apps is what you want the security, right? Because if you're doing banking and whatever on your phone.
0: Right. Well, I'll say here's a link in the YouTube chat and I'll put a link. I'll try to put a link in the notes too. Um, I actually, I, I, I will say this. Do not tell me, anybody listening to this show, that I heard about this on somebody else's podcast. No, 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 no if you go check the dates, I talked about this at least two weeks before any other podcast. And I can say that because I subscribe to now almost 170 podcasts. I talked about this before anybody else did period hard stop. KaiOS, K-A-I-O-S. This is a Linux based quote unquote smartphone that you can buy right now from T-Mobile, AT&T, uh, Boost Mobile. I want to say somebody else too. I can't remember. Um which, again, has the opportunity to be secure, but um, it doesn't matter. I'll put it like this. It doesn't matter what you run after Ring Zero. Ring Zero is the kernel. Anything after that, whether it is desktop, whether it is antenna firmware, whether it is applications, whether it's text messaging, nothing else matters if you don't have Ring Zero secure. On, there has been no Android device on the market for at least five years that has Ring Zero secure to where it's completely private and secure. This KaiOS phone, I'm honestly not sure if it is secure, but I know it has the oppor- it has more of an opportunity to be secure than Android. Um, but I can't find anybody talking about getting root on this phone. Um, so if I can find people getting root on this phone, then at least I would feel better about saying this phone is can be secure uh there you go, 10. 10. sorry um because yeah i have heard since i first talked about this phone i've heard at least two podcasts uh talk about this phone uh neither of them focus on the fact that this is a linux operating system they just focus on it's it isn't android it isn't ios and you can do a bunch of stuff on it kind of thing um I would like there to be a more secure platform out there that is readily accessible, trusted by many, independently audited by third, and popular, but I hate to say it like this, I think we have to first come really close to losing all privacy before any percentage of the population makes privacy a priority. Yeah, I, hmm,
1: so it's kind of like, I'm not doing anything wrong, so why do I care if they listen? But... Uh, you know, there's, there's other problems. Like if you do banking on your phone, uh, in, in, maybe you got a phone from China with Chinese chipset, whatever, you know, kind of like the whole 5g thing that China was going to give everybody 5g hardware pretty much, which how can you trust it? Uh, um, how
0: can you not? How can you trust American hardware? How can you trust right. Swedish hardware? How can you trust Brazilian hardware? How can you trust anybody's hardware? Yes.
1: Yeah, and, and good point on that. Uh, I guess that I didn't even think about that in the first place. Um, but maybe it's just the CIA st- and FBI spying on me as opposed to the Chinese uh, intelligence.
0: Well, first off, first off, do you really think if the CIA and FBI are spying on you that they literally have exclusive access? Do you really think government employees are competent enough to do things in such a secure way that they're really the only ones with access?
1: Yeah, you're, you're probably right
0: about that. Well, I mean, look at Snowden. All the things that he leaked, in air quotes, leaked about all these exploits. Well, it turns out 80 plus percent of them were actively being exploited by everybody, not just NSA, not just CIA, but everybody. Um, I hate to say it. The idea of being utterly private, utterly secure is almost a misnomer. The idea of trusting... Um, hardware with so many fingers in, in it doesn't matter if they're american fingers hong kong fingers taiwanese fingers russian fingers finnish fingers or anybody else lady fingers yeah it's just too many people you have to like s- subjectively pick what you want to be secure about and then decide where you want to share that part of your data but there's certain amounts of freedom you have to relinquish if you want to use quote unquote any kind of a smart device uh especially a smart But yeah, I mean, um, I would love there to be more of a business model for less smart devices, but I'm also not foolish enough to hold my breath waiting for such a thing to happen. But yeah, I mean, I don't like it when people very in very purposely skew words to say privacy focused. Well, that's like a child predator saying, well, I'm trying not to break the law but they're a child predator, which means they probably have broke the law. I don't care if you're trying to be security focused. That means nothing. That literally means nothing. That's like if I go into my doctor and he says, well, how do you think you've been doing on your diet? Well, I've been trying to do really good. Right, right. But, but, but you know, last night I went to Friendly's and I got a Reese's Pieces Sunday and ate the whole thing myself. Well, you're not trying very hard, you know, but I can say I'm trying. Say right. words like privacy focused to me, it just completely loses all power. But I digress. I got I forgot when I do this show, I always got to make sure that I highlight the records that we talk about and then drag them up into the notes to make sure that we make sure that we get um, our uh, notes accurately entailed. Now, I'll say the complete opposite side of the spectrum, the $2,000 phone, you already said it once, the Pine phone, uh, pre-orders went out for the Braveheart edition, and I will not lie, I'm not sure what makes this edition of the phone the braveheart edition but i believe braveheart is the developer edition of the phone
1: yeah so in like i'm playing with my uh 20 4k action cam which looks like it's 1k i don't mind taking a risk on cheaper stuff like it, the pine watch i'll buy one and if it's no good oh well i'm out what 20 bucks and their phone if it's you know not so great who cares? But if it is great or, you know, and I know they're not really making a lot of money on them either. So um, I do want to support them. I, I like what they're doing and I want to support them.
0: Yeah, they're they're not making money, period. Um, honestly, I hate saying it like this because if the people who listen to this show for a long time know they should know. I really honestly, honestly, people, I respect what the Raspberry Pi Foundation has done. I respect where they came from. I expect I really do re um respect their business acumen. I really do respect their community. I really do expect or respect the fact that they're not gouging everybody with price. But I'm not really a fan of what they're doing here recently. Now, the Pine people—they're not making any. There's no way they're making any money off this phone at all. They're not trying to make money. They're trying to become popular. They're doing the Raspberry Pi model of. If we sell this thing for 150 bucks, okay, we are going to sell 10 times the number versus if we sell it for 400 bucks. Even though it's not 10 times more expensive, they will sell 10 times the amount. And honestly, selling a phone for 149 dollars enables me to literally buy three or four of them for my family in the place of one quote-unquote normal phone. And without sounding dumb, if it's running True Linux which is now, it's everywhere, it's in Azure, it's in Windows 10, it's in Server 2019, it's Red Hat, it's it's CentOS, it's Debian, it's the backbone of Android, it's everywhere. That also means that I can take my Android quote-unquote looking phone, but it's actually a Linux phone, and actually write code on it to actually do stuff. I think the number of people who are going to participate in like what 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 I'm going to call code rushes when this phone comes out just to do things to get things done proof of concept look what I can do on my phone is going to be so insane I truly believe in less than 3 years this phone will be a true hackers paradise type device it, it isn't going to be the normal person or the straight person's phone for at least 5 or 7 years but I can see in let in about 3 years this phone being just a complete hackers paradise
1: and I think that you make a really good point there that we we really, how many apps do we really actually run on the phone? And even if they're an installed app, they're really just, a lot of them are just a web browser. You know, it's just a shell for a stripped down browser with limited controls because I would love to run my home automation apps on my phone or, you know, there's certain things like for controlling lights and stuff like that, as opposed to going to a website, blah, I'd like to directly do that. And I'd like to write the code myself also. So my home is more secure.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I'm showing a graphic on CNX software, which is showing the Purism Librem 5 versus the Pine phone. And they're being very nice because the Purism Librem 5 they're showing is the one made in China, which is $699. The one made in the U.S. is the $1,999 model with the exact same specs. But here's what I really want people to look at. $700, $1,900. Do you know what the actual, why the price difference is? I mean, the price difference is because people in America cost more to do the jobs to do the same thing that other people on the other side of the world cost half as much to do it's economy it's economics it's there i say i don't want to say capitalism but it's the free market it's i am much more willing to pay somebody on the other side of the world half as much money to do what i'm willing to do over here and they're willing to do it let them do it let let them do it kind of thing um And I'll just say with the Huawei and the 5G thing, Huawei has went through now three independent code audits. Nobody has found any malicious code ever being released by Huawei. So anybody can say they don't trust it and that's fine. I don't trust a comet to not come through my roof. And you cannot say I'm wrong because it could happen. A comet could come through my roof. There's nothing you can do about it or I can do about it. It could happen. Um, One of the links I want to find in here, it's a uh, Huawei announced and it's coming. The age of the Linux desktop is coming, but it's going to come roundabout. It's going to come way of arm. Huawei announced that they are releasing a arm based full size ATX motherboard. Um, and so the idea of a arm quote unquote desktop is going to be a real thing. It's going to probably take a year and a half to two years for it to remotely catch on but I promise you this, we will have ARM computing in our houses in desktop type form faxers and we won't even know it.
1: Okay, so this, I'm just glancing through the specs to refresh my memory. So four core or eight core, which is cool, but it depend, are they the same core? Is it low speed and high speed or is it like eight really ripping cores? And I see, okay, that's memory speed. Where's the CPU speed? and i love my uh let's see the the pine rock 64 pro because it has a pcie slot and i can plug stuff into it which you know is really new to at least to me in the arm world uh so the idea of having a motherboard is kind of exciting uh next question is really price
0: well i'll say they're planning on selling this i'm sure not to individuals but instead to manufacturers so we're never going to know the price um Right now they're saying the low end model is four cores. The high end model is eight cores. And they're saying to start 2.6, which in the ARM world, I'll just say this means nothing. It means nothing because you have to take into consideration which V of the processor this is. And this is the V8 processor in the ARM world, which is to be honest, a very good desktop area processor. Um, And I'll say, It all depends on the operating system. It all depends on the um, drivers running the operating system, blah, 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 blah. The real kicker is going to be is when if these people have any success, whether it be Chromeboxes, which I think are actually going to start to take off thanks to Stadia uh, Chromebooks which we've seen a lot of success very quietly on Chromebooks with the RK3399 processor, but they don't call it the RK3399 processor on Chromebooks. They call it the OP1 processor for some reason. Um, if they had any success with these Huawei ARM processors in a desktop form factor, that just opens the door wider for companies like Qualcomm to come out with desktop type processors. And if that happens, I can just tell you this. Intel, there was leaked documents today with their next, uh, next 10 years of expectations of what they're going to do. They better hit each one of those marks if ARM is going to see success because they're going to need to be competitive. I mean, like really competitive.
1: Well, so I always liked it, what made the PC clone market, the, the Intel hardware market. Initially, we only had Intel CPUs. So I should say IBM clone. Is that there was competition in that bred better products uh, I like that arm not arm I'm sorry AMD is out there because AMD keeps raising the bar and, and that's pretty exciting and now we have uh, arm being more than just a device it's it's kind of inching its way into I, I don't want to say desktop but it's getting closer to being desktop ready and I, I think that's pretty exciting because, uh, yeah, now now we have competition. We have stuff that's cheaper priced. Look, the Chromebook I have, uh, my high-end Chromebook, as I say, is $200 refurb unit, and I'm loving it. It's 15-inch touchscreen and backlit keyboard for 200 bucks. So, yeah, this stuff is getting super cheap, whereas, you know, I'm comparing my $200 15-inch Chromebook to my $24, $2600 MacBook Pro from 2012, and the only thing I don't do is edit videos on the Chromebook, and I'm okay with that. So yeah, at a tenth of the price, uh, I'm pretty happy.
0: Well, if your Chromebook ran Android apps, I would say you could do some video editing. It's not going to be desktop-like, but you could.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not going to start editing um, because editing is a whole workflow process, and I don't want to learn something I'm not going to be using for a long time.
0: Gotcha. And I really wish, I'm really sorry, self, I'm sorry. I really wish I was more organized, okay, because I would have the exact show number. I would have the exact article referenced, but I don't have either of that. But I'll tell you this. I Hate to say this, I called this. I called this. I want to say it was in February when Linus Torval put out a rant. Now, for those who are uninitiated. First-time listeners, welcome. My name is Geek. I'm a nerd. Linus Torval is the creator of the Linux kernel. Linus Torval has nothing to do with the Linux desktop. He's the kernel guy. Linus Torval also invented Git, which is the number one source repository for code and teams and everything, a.k.a. he's a really smart guy. Okay? He has been gingerly and yet viciously pushing people to do certain things in a very, manip- very manipulative way, almost like he was good enough to be a United States politician, that level of manipulation. Okay, back in February or March, he said, I want to say February or March." He said, hey, people, do you know how stupid you are? The reason why x86 is winning is because you stupid people don't understand. Everyone who develops is developing on x86 and they're pushing to x86. I don't care if you have ARM-based processors. They're not going to win. You people are stupid. And what I think he was actually doing was he was actually challenging people to come out with end-user hardware where you can literally code and develop on an ARM processor. Cause if you can code and develop on an ARM processor, it's much more easy to then push your code to an ARM based server. I believe he was basically challenging people. He was challenging hardware manufacturers and it's taken about six months, but we're now starting to see literally ARM servers hitting the market in some large numbers. Those people also coming out with ARM based desktops in at least a little bit of our large numbers. ARM-based Chromebooks are starting to be a decent percentage of the Chromebooks. We also now have tablets that are getting ready to come out that are ARM-based where you can run full-blown Linux. We're now going to have ARM phones that are running full-blown Linux. ARM has a chance to become the number one coding platform, period. And when I say coding platform, I mean money. Lots and lots of stinking money can be made from it. And oh,
1: in, and in going along with that, when when we talk about Intel, it, and there's many differences between Intel and ARM. ARM is a reduced instruction set. It's a risk uh, chip, and the the thing that makes ARM good will be what makes it good for China. Uh, you know, for consumers in China, for consumers in India, for consumers in countries where there isn't a lot of free money going around or, or uh, what should I say, free disposable income going around. And that'll probably be what drives us through the roof.
0: Yeah, it's just, I'll say this. It's always going to be good to have competition. I want x86 to be successful. I want x64 to be successful. I want the next... Xbox Scorpio and PlayStation 5 and whatever the hell those hardcore gamers like make that an x86 x sixty four chip and make it cost a lot of money and make Intel make a lot of money off that chip. That's fan diddly tastic. But I also want ARM to have its own niche and to be really, really, really popular and really successful. Um I will say there's been silent rumblings also about the dedicated discrete Intel graphics card that's coming. And I hate to say this, but Nvidia has been losing miserably for the last like three or four months. AMD has been destroying Nvidia. And I tell you right now, Intel is going to be poised in about eight to 10 months to really completely own their sector of not high end graphics, but high enough end graphics, dare I say like a aac and mp3 where mp3 is quote unquote good enough first people i think that's where the intel graphics market is going to go oh and the mm. other thing i'm going to say is um have you been how much I, I love you rich i know you're a storage i don't want to say weenie because you're not a weenie but you're always up on storage stuff and is it me or as micro sd cards and storage prices went literally like through the floor the last 30
1: days so i i have all of the links put together i was i was hoping to get a video out today on you know purchases this year i've made on amazon and what i would recommend and a bunch of them are micro sd cards i i just picked up a 512 micro sd for oh gosh was it like 63 dollars? i don't think that sales still around but i'm kind of i've got like a mental defect as far as storage if a hard drive it and I usually buy at $120. So when the eight terabyte hard drives were $120, I bought. Uh the ten terabyte hard drives are like $160. And when they get down to $120, I'll buy one. Have I done anything with the the year-old eight terabyte hard drive? No. It's and I still carry it around with me in case I'm gonna use it. But yeah, storage is crazy cheap.
0: Yeah, and without sounding dumb, I do believe that's also something else that we called. We said back in i want to say septemberish time frame to just wait that it was only going to get worse you know cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper um i also did hear this okay new tonics nobody needs to know who they are i'll just say this they're making a lot of money selling million dollar boxes that go in server rooms that's all you need to know okay them and like the top four people selling what they call um oh man it's not hybrid um, hypervisor solutions are now selling you, solutions with you're talking hyper converged hyper convergence solutions that are selling petabytes and terabytes and all these kinds of insane amounts of storage, but they're not using SS well, they're not using spinning disc. They're not using SCSI. They're not using traditional SSDs. They're using NVMe near exclusively. Okay. And because of that, uh there's only 3 manufacturers in the world that make SSDs. One of them said we're going to stop in the next 6 months making Holy any crap. SSDs. Um so the other two have just started reducing prices, reducing prices, reducing prices trying to extinguish all of their stock. NVMe prices have also ha- have also went down incredibly. NVMe drives are basically future hard drives that look more like RAM sticks with the teeth coming out of the side instead of the top. These things are so sickeningly fast. It is literally insane. If you can buy a computer that has NVMe support and you even get like a 64 gig NVMe drive, you'll be so happy because your computer will literally boot in like three seconds. And it's all because of these storage prices plummeting and plummeting fast. I know at the beginning of the year, Rich, micro SD cards, I want to say we were just dreaming about the terabyte micro SD card to where now I believe it was the um one terabyte came down to $300 in the last 30 days. And you could get, I want to say it was a 256 gig um, micro SD card for about 48 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah, and I think it was a Black Friday deal. I got a 512 for like 63 bucks on Amazon.
0: Yeah, here you go. SanDisk, one terabyte micro SD card drops to the lowest price ever. See, I love it when my memory actually works. It just proves to myself I haven't had that many concussions. Um, On Android Police, one terabyte micro SD card drops to $300. And I will say this, days later, like two days later, I want to say it dropped even more. I want to say it dropped like another 20 or 30 bucks. Um, we are in the like time of enlightenment as far as storage media is concerned. Um, our children and our children's children will, I think, not understand what it means to run out of disk space. Right,
1: right. And I'm kind of bumpering up against that right now because my, my MacBook Pro is 256 and I've got the adapter. Let's see, it should be right here in the bag. Uh, that slides a micro SD card sideways into the SD card slot, and I'm going to be putting a 512 in there. I copied all my 256 my files off the 256 gig micro SD card, and I'm going to be putting it in there. And yeah, so then I'll have you know 750 gig on my MacBook Pro with with spending what 63 bucks, and like all right, so probably 20 bucks for the adapter card. And 63 for the 512 gig uh, micro SD card.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, here's one link I just wanted to just just mention, and I'll say it like this: This is on line 1070. Rich um, Podnuts period has always tried to not talk about certain things. We try not to talk about religion because it doesn't matter; it starts wars and death and killing. We try not to talk about sex or gender because it offends everybody. We also try not to talk about political things because it doesn't matter what political stance you take to half the population you're wrong. Okay. Now with that said, this caught my eye, link 1070. And I'll just say I'll just say it like this. What if people moving to arm supercomputer infrastructures can get the same amount of work out of it yet use much less heat, which we know is the case, much less energy, which we know is the case, and be just more efficient, which we know is the case, if you have proper code running on that system. Um, so here's my, here's, here's my pitch, Rich. I would like if more people would use ARM if the only reason, and if it makes them happy, is just because you're using less energy you're quote unquote emitting less carbon using less energy, less oil, less gas, less nuclear, less green, less whatever. If that's what gets people to use more arm computing and that makes arm computing more competitive, I'm all on board. I, you know, it, it, if it kills pedophiles to use arm computers, let's use arm computers. I don't care. Let's just use arm computers.
1: So I, in- I'm not going to say the carbon issue is one of my top 10 things, but for me, the the first thing was running a Plex server, and I was running it on a retired Windows Vista machine, and between the noise and the heat and the electrical cost, I didn't want it running, and I wanted to do whatever I could to get it not to run, which pretty much more than just that is running on my Odroid XU4, which does have a little fan on it. Uh, but I could run that also on my Odroid N2, which has no fan. And there, there's for me, yeah, the electric cost, the heat, and the noise is the big deal to me. Uh, carbon, not so much, but yeah, that the ability to, and, and that's a big deal, is cooling all of these data centers. Uh, the amount of power it requires, the backup power, the size of the generators you need. If, if you're using, a good amount of power less, let's just say using 50% less power, that's 50% less heat. That's 50% less air conditioning. That means your backup generators that run your AC units have to be half the size. So th- that is a big deal.
0: Yeah. And that to me is the whole kicker without sounding dumb. Oh man. Okay. I'm going to quote, and I'm sorry, everyone out there. I'm going to quote Milton Friedman, popular E, um, E, um, E economist from the seventies. Um, You have to make it politically profitable for politicians to make the right decisions. Okay. You have to make it profitable for people to make the right decisions. You can't expect people to make what you consider to be the right decisions just because you think they're the right decisions. Everybody casts themselves as the hero in their own telling of their own hero's journey story. Okay. So we have to convince people why we think it's the right decision to make things. And if I have to tell, a corporate executive, you're going to save money. You're going to be more efficient. You're going to generate less heat. Oh, and you're going to be using this ARM processor at the same time. Fine. I'll tell people that all day long. If it gets the point across that we're going to now have greater competition among ecosystems, because with more competition, we the end users, we the consumers, we the citizens benefit greatly.
1: Would I be bad if I... Go back about 10 minutes and talk about hyper-converged infrastructure because people might be asking about that.
0: Not at all because I will say this. I kind of understand it, but I'm not sure I completely grok it.
1: Okay, so for those of us that work in the data center world as opposed to you know laptop PC, desktop PC world, in the data center, um, the server has a crazy amount of RAM. So some of our servers have a terabyte of RAM. They'll have, I don't know how many CPUs, like 48 CPUs on board. They'll have a boot drive and that's just to boot the hypervisor. And then somewhere in the data center is a storage array. Now that storage array could be spinning disks, SSDs, or as they call hybrid, uh, some SSD, some spinning disk. And that's how typical data centers are uh, in corporations. Now what hyperconverged is, is basically it's like your desktop PC all over again. Basically all of the memory, all of the drives, everything is in the box, but this is an enterprise level box with the ability to have a terabyte of RAM and 48 CPUs and all of that stuff. And there's, there's a couple of different thought processes on it. And personally for me, I always thought it was good for, uh maybe you're Hilton international, you have a data center and you want to put one of these devices in each Hilton hotel where you don't necessarily have a sysadmin, but you need to they need to have local computing functionality in case the network ever goes down to handle reservations and there there's a bunch of different use cases for these boxes, but that's basically what it is
0: yeah, and it's like um. I hate to say it, but but like Leo Laporte stated years ago how we had way too much RAM versus what we actually needed. We had way too much processor versus what we actually needed. We had way too much hard drive versus what we actually needed. Thanks to our thirst, our insatiable thirst of power, of RAM, of storage, of everything else, we've driven down prices so far that quite literally enterprises can afford boxes with multiple terabytes of ram, multiple petabytes of storage arrays and like hundreds of Xeon processors powers inside in, inside of one box which allows us as enterprise administrators to orchestrate is the word i can think of, orchestrate provisioning of data in almost Not quite dynamic fashions, but in semi-dynamic fashions to where when things need more power, well, we just give them more power. When things need more RAM, we just give them more RAM. When things need more storage, we complain and say no, but then we end up giving them more storage anyway, because that's how it works. And it's just a flexible solution to where you don't have to dedicate everything and you have overhead. We have so much overhead now that we can literally have these dynamic systems living and breathing and changing upon the business need. It is really interesting. I'll say that. Um, the changing of VMware virtual operating system infrastructure is going to take a while, but these hyperconvergent solutions to me are very eye-opening. And here's the thing: containerization, Docker, Kubernetes will come down to the desktop to where in like two or three years when your mother or your sister is on their Windows laptop and they go to install whatever, they're not going to download setup.exe. They're literally going to download a Dockerized container that they double click and it's just going to quote unquote run. And that's thanks to things like hyperconvergence and everything else, lowering the barrier of entry of these kinds of complex solutions down to an easier level.
1: Yeah, the and I don't know if I want to talk about Docker versus virtualization, but it's um, a lot of enterprises are looking to go to Docker because it's lighter weight. I'll I'll just leave it at
0: that. Than
1: uh, virtualization.
0: Well, they can, but the thing is, we know virtualization will never go completely away. It will always have a use case, just like you know tape backup it always has a use case. It's just where will it be? When will it be? You'll just have tighter niches of when you use it.
1: And I guess the, the other thing we talked about going away, uh, virtualization, virtual infrastructure like VMware or other products, competing products, is a very mature product right now. Docker, Kubernetes, all of that is not as mature. There's still a lot of solutions that need to be produced out there to get them to the enterprise level um, where it would displace, you know, where it would disrupt the virtualization community.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm an a utter fan of disruption. And like, here's a good example. The next link I have is link 1087, I believe in the notes. And I have no problem being hypocritical. I have no problem admitting when I'm hypocritical because I am American. Hello, I am hypocritical. That's what I do. I'm an American. Hey, Asus comes out with a tinker board. I think to myself, what the hell are they doing? What the hell are they thinking? Why the hell would they do that? Lenovo comes out with a mini computer. I think this could be awesome. I love Lenovo. Um, so Lenovo came out with a single board computer announcement that they say is going to rival the Raspberry Pi. Wait a minute. Haven't we heard that like a dozen times before? It's a $140 RK33 uh, processor on this mobile computer that you can buy for 140 bucks.
1: And I believe that's the 2 gig of RAM version.
0: I do believe you're right.
1: Because if you follow, if you click through the link, uh, it says 140 to 257. So there is some version of this that you can buy for a stink load of money.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, look, I got no problem eating crow and saying Asus has put out a lot more updates and kept a lot more up to date than I thought they would with their tinker board. Congratulations. I'm still not convinced I trust them as a company to have stick to is what I call it. Lenovo, I've never seen completely back off of something. I'll say that. They try a whole bunch of stuff and we'll see if it sticks. I will say this. I will say once again, the RK3399 processor, I have no problem in saying the modules, the drivers, we still haven't hit even 80% efficiency with this processor. And it still is more... Efficient than a lot of other boards out there. Um, If Lenovo dedicates the right personnel, the right people to try to make this board really super efficient, we could see a lot more improvements with the RK3399 uh, driver, says what I'll say. Um, I'm happy again to see more competition. There's no way in hell I'm spending $140 for this board, even if I could afford a Tesla Cybertruck. I'm still not paying $140 for this board and I'm still not buying a Purism five phone. Okay.
1: Um, uh, I'm playing with the different configuration options. It looks like they're all four gigs of Ram and it depends on what additional accessories you're getting with it. That, that seems to be so For 140, you're getting a heat sink and 10 I and the cardboard box.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm cool to see, I'm. Um, happy to see more people putting out boards. I'm not going to be the one who says, look, people, we're going to get too deluded. If we have too many choices, people ain't going to know what to buy. And then everyone's going to suffer. No, I want a billion choices to be out there because I'm a true believer. The cream rises to the top. And as the cream rises to the top, it floods people and it drowns competitors to death. And natural natural selection selection. is a good thing, and I'm perfectly okay with competitors dying, even if that competitor's orange pie or somebody else.
1: There's a sentence here i got a problem with. Um, All right, first off, Mali uh, T860 MP4, I have no idea. I don't know if that's crazy great or not so great. But it says it comes with 2 gig and 4 gigs of RAM option with 16 gig. Oh, internal storage. Okay. I thought it said external. I was getting worried about that. All right. It says internal storage with a micro SD card slot. I'm hoping that means it has internal and an additional micro SD slot. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, there's like like i got this uh action cam for 20 bucks if it totally sucks i really don't care um 140 bucks for one of these i'm hoping it's really good i i'm and i got to think about lenovo i i'm assuming they they they're not just effing around with it that they're they're real serious
0: well i mean you know every company has to try things just because they never know what's going to take hold um No matter how smart of a infrastructure guy you have, no matter how smart of a chip guy you have, no matter how smart of a antenna guy you have, no matter how smart of a storage guy you have, no matter how smart of a disk format guy you have, nobody can predict the future, hence the stock market. So they always got to try different things. I will say, um, I think we still have plenty of time, plenty of room for single board computers. We have. So many use cases with these low powered devices to take, whether it be the edge computing kind of thing, the server kind of thing, the IOT kind of thing, the AWS kind of thing, the in your pocket kind of thing, the garage door kind of thing, the appliance kind of thing, the inside of a TV or monitor kind of thing, the game system kind of thing. I mean, there's so many different places these single board computers can be used. I want to see even more of them everywhere. Okay,
1: so uh, another link says sixteen gig eMMC flash, comma micro SD card slot. So there are both.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and I will say, um, like the side comment is, it, it, it's a Rutgers link, which I will say, I don't know how many times we've referenced a Rutgers link. Um, uh, link ten ninety in the notes, I believe. Uh, VentureBeat r- links to a Rutgers link, basically stating how Amazon cloud is basically developing their own data center chip, which of course is an arm chip. Um, it, here's what I know. Okay. Microsoft won Jedi Jedi was the joint initiative defense infrastructure contract for $10 billion. Microsoft won it. Do you know why Microsoft won it? Because Microsoft should have won it. With that said, <laughs> it's because Amazon AWS, EC2, EC3 has not had a lot of innovation in the last couple of years. And that's because they were so far ahead of everybody like four years ago. They were miles ahead of everybody a couple of years ago, but they have not kept innovating. So I'm happy to see them now starting to innovate. With that said, I'm still not sure I'm a fan of Jeff, Jeff, Mr. Musclebound, who's not comfortable with his marriage and getting divorced and shaving his head and getting musclebound and looking completely freakazoid kind of thing. I don't know if I'm a fan of his, uh, with that said, I don't have a Amazon prime anymore. I don't order anything from Amazon anymore. Um, I don't want Amazon EC2 or EC3 to be insanely successful until I see Mr. Jeff doing things that are good for humanity, good for infrastructure, good for community, good for citizenship, good for ecosystems, good for country, good for areas, good for hemispheres or whatever. Um, it's great that he's rich. Congratulations. It, it doesn't make him special.
1: So now this one talks about Graviton. I didn't, I know there's Graviton 2. Is that, and Graviton is the name of the chip.
0: Yeah, I believe it's a revision on that chip that they uh, announced.
1: So this is something I'm assuming you would be able to buy Arm Cloud services. And, uh, that's how you would consume this, that it wouldn't be a product you would actually buy, you know, that you would have a single board computer or, you know, ATX type computer.
0: Yeah. You would buy compute time on their platform. They would manage all of the interfacing and, um, to that chip kind of thing. And their goal is basically maximize efficiency and offer you a discounted rate.
1: And and realistically, if we're all running something like PHP, which is an interpreted language, you know, it's a scripting language, which basically runs on any stinking thing, who cares uh, whether you're ARM-based or Intel-based? It's only when you have plugins uh, that are the binaries only for Intel that you have an issue. But for the most of it, if you're running, you know, some sort of PHP stack, you know, a LAMP stack of some sort, you don't care.
0: Right. And that's what I think they're hoping is that people don't care what the back end is. All they care about is how easy is the front end uh, to access and to program against is what I think they're hoping for.
1: Okay, I'm looking in the notes here. Uh, Where is that Raspberry Pi NAS board?
0: Uh, I will say it should be more towards the bottom just because it was more recent and it was not a Raspberry Pi NAS board, just to let you know. Oh, it was Orange Pi, right? Um, I want to say it was a Rock, uh, based board. A, uh, not a Rock, yeah, a Rock 64, which is not a Rock N4, which is not a Pine board whatsoever. I am blind as a bat, so I got to get close to the other computer screen to see. I I could swore I bookmarked it. Unless we
1: just shared it among ourselves, I, I'm looking at CNX software for it. Oh, here it is. So, Rock Pi SATA hat for. All right, so it's for the Rock Pi 4, not the Raspberry Pi 4. So, just confuse me because sometimes I read quick and I don't read all the words. So, this is a hat and it sits on the 40 pin connector and it has four SATA. Um, So you could put two and a half inch drives directly onto this board or you get an extension cable and you run the uh, three and a half inch drives. I almost said five and a quarter. So they they have a couple of cool images here and there was a very cool looking case uh, next to a Japanese Coca-Cola bottle. Which I don't know if that's a one liter bottle in Japan or I'm assuming it's Japanese. I don't know.
0: I'm not sure. I have a link that I put in the uh, YouTube chat. It's to radxa.com, which I believe is the actual manufacturer of the device. Um.
1: Oh, wait a second. Stop the presses. I'm reading on the bottom. It says $25 quad SATA hat for Raspberry Pi 4 slash Rock Pi 4. So, $25. Bucks. That that's almost a must-have.
0: Well, I mean, if you're okay with using SATA, um. I believe it's going to be around May, if not August or September, where SATA prices are going to start to skyrocket through the roof because people will stop making them. So it's one of those things. It's time sensitive. So it could be the kind of thing if it's a, it doesn't look like a good price. You buy now and then you just wait until SATA prices Hit like what you consider to be the absolute rock bottom, and then buy. I would honestly, if it holds four drives, I would buy eight drives and just keep four on the side so when drives fail, you can replace them. And yeah, it does say Raspberry Pi and Rock Pi four. Which when I first saw the link, I swore it didn't say Raspberry Pi. Um, yeah. And I'll say this: because of the nature of these boards, that means anything doesn't matter any operating system or any application, whether it be open media vault or whether it be next cloud or whether it be literally just a bunch of disk kind of array, you should be able to run with literally zero issues, zero concerns or zero like hardships. It should be really easy to set up.
1: Okay, so I clicked through to the purchase site and for 25 bucks, you can pre-order now. And it's a .cn address.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing that I do find interesting, but me personally, I'd rather buy a single USB disk connected to a single Raspberry Pi 4 and then literally buy another USB disk and another Raspberry Pi 4 and mirror them that way. Um, I personally don't need, you know, 20 terabytes of disk space. Um, I don't think I need a terabyte of disk space which I know makes me weird, Um, so I I don't know if I'm really the person who should be buying such a device.
1: So I'm getting all excited about this, and then I'm thinking about how are they connecting to SATA? Between the 40-pin connector, and I see it jumpers off the USB 3. So are we still at USB 3.0 speed, which is pretty damn good, but it's not SATA, say SATA 3.0 speed. SATA 3.0 is still faster.
0: Yeah, I don't see any mention of bus speed. So, Dor,
1: would I be bad if I mentioned something we should have done at the beginning of the show?
0: I can't answer that question. I do not have enough information.
1: Uh, we got an email from a user that was kind of nice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I got to find it first.
0: Well, I'll first say we have at least three new Patreon people. Uh, one is Rain, a.k.a. Melon. Uh, the other one is John Hullinger. Uh, and we have uh, Jonas our three of our newest Patreon people. Uh, thank you very much. I thought I did connect Patreon to actually charge people, but I might have not.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of funny with the Patreon that way. Uh, I actually have to go through and say, hey, build these people for this. And, and I thought I had it. I wanted it to be a $1 a month thing, like we've talked about in the past. It's like, hey, if you like something, pay a buck a month.
0: Right, and I will say, uh, Chatter in the YouTube chat said that the uh, Pi Hat claims 803 megabits a second uh, in RAID zero, which is faster than USB 2 speed. I'm pretty sure, but I do not believe it's even USB 3.0 speed. Um, which I believe is a thousand. So 803. Um, I mean, it ain't bad. Don't get me wrong. And realistically. How fast do you really expect a Raspberry Pi to be able to transmit data? Um, I don't know. I mean, if you have a gigabit NIC, theoretically, a gigabit speed, but you know you're never going to get a gigabit speed, so 803 might be a really fine speed.
1: Okay, I got the email. It is from Mark Marshall, and uh, let's see. The, the subject is Crow Pi, and he says... First of all, I want to say hello to everybody on the show. I started listening to Linux for the rest of us and started listening to several other podcasts on, I'm guessing he meant to say pod nuts and maybe did voice to text because it says pod its network. Uh, So that's great. He's, you know, consuming products on the network. The podcasts are a joy to listen to. I guess that means when you're talking and let's see listened to and has helped me get through many of my work days which i understand that completely lately i have been catching up on the mini pc show and after listening to steve aka door and the rest of the cast i guess i'm the rest i decided to get a raspberry pi 4 4 gigabyte and then i stumbled across the crow pi kit which i have never seen this before so that's very cool I ended up purchasing the Raspberry Pi and the Crow Pi kit. I can say, oh, all I can say is wow. I'm happy that I made the purchase and I love the Raspbian OS. I have been only using it a few hours, but I love it so far. The kit has arrived neatly and securely packaged and Electro has done a great job in my humble opinion at delivering a functional as well as well put together solid device I ended up putting 512 gig card, oh, I didn't even know it took a card that big, in the kit, and it will go into my device right now. I don't dislike Windows or Microsoft, but I love it being open and trying a new experience on different devices and OSs. I will definitely be purchasing several more of the mini PCs, and thanks to all of you door i have never met you in person but i enjoy your knowledge and listening to your perspective on things you all including your family and loved ones be blessed and be well very nice letter it very cool device here Do, you took a look at the pictures right
0: yeah and i had a hard time like trying to comprehend what how to describe this to listeners except for it's like the classic 70s briefcase that you open up, and when you open it up, it's literally a computer inside of it. Um, I don't know if we've seen this kind of thing uh, in the real world in America for I don't even know how long.
1: So if you brought it into grade school, your science teacher would think you had a bomb. Uh, yeah, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the top is the screen, the bottom is stuff, and the first item of stuff in the back left corner is the Raspberry Pi. And then um, it looks like there's a small breadboard. There's some grid array display. Like, I don't know if that's like an 8x8 eight eight display. And then there's some uh, like 8, 9 segment display. Is it 9 segment, 7 segment? 9 segment displays. And then there's a whole bunch of buttons. I see things. If I'm guessing, it looks like there's uh, ultrasonic transducers. So it looks like a whole kit load of stuff, uh, which if you're new to electronics, that could be a crazy amount of fun. And so he had to get a separate keyboard. So he's got one of those Logitech keyboards. I don't know if that came with the kit or not, but that's I rock a similar keyboard for all of my stuff. Actually, I'll hold it up. This is the door recommended keyboard
0: um that's fine when that's the k400 from logitech they do have uh, two new versions since then i will say the best thing about that keyboard is if you find it on sale it's like 18 bucks you will never spend a better 18 bucks on a keyboard than that um and i'll say this it has a dedicated dongle to connect from the keyboard to the computer it's hard to get more secure than a dedicated dongle Typically, when things have just Bluetooth connections to computers, it's not as secure, is what I'll say. Um, this crow pie, I am literally jealous. If Mark lived remotely close to me, I would have to go see this thing because of all the little nubs and lights and tweaker knobs in the base of this briefcase. Um, this is, I would consider to be probably the most advanced educational computer you have where somebody from literally grade school third or fourth grade up to college level could probably find a use for it in some manner of speaking
1: it it breaks my heart I, i i don't know if i tossed it but it was like a radio shack 99 in one kit and it actually was a wooden box you know the bottom of it was a wooden box so the top of it was a cardboard box with a picture printed on it and yeah boy I'm I'm kind of regretting getting rid of that.
0: Yeah, this is really cool. Um the website is com where they have the complete list. Link will be in the notes. Uh here's basically uh, everything as quick as I can. ABS plastic case, camera, 7-inch HDMI touch, touch screen, power circuit, LCD, module, segment LD, LED. Vibration motor, matrix LED, light sensor, buzzer, sound sensor, PIR, motion sensor, ultrasonic, ultrasonic sensor, servo interface, UART, step motor interface, tilt sensor, IR sensor, touch sensor, temperature and humidity sensor, relay, matrix button, independent buttons, RFID module, switches, breadboard, Raspberry Pi, GPIO, L- LED, AM, um, AM, um, a acrylic board, and microphone. Oh my. This is... A beginner hacker paradise in a box. And of course, oh, yeah. game controller.
1: <laughs> very cool. How did we not see that before? That, that is a very cool item.
0: I have no idea. I literally have no idea. And I have no problem in saying this. Okay. Six years ago, I said, if you want to make money, go into security. Endless money. Endless opportunity. Endless upgrades. Endless promotion. It's still the case. But I'll tell you right now, 2019. If you're just beginning, learn Python. Python is the number one artificial intelligence, machine learning, blah 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 blah, money 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 money. Raspberry Pi is Python. Okay, you can get this device, learn all the sensors, all the inputs, learn all the Python you want, and then go have a career where your starting salary is anywhere from 140. To $180,000 a year, we are only one out of every three months. One day out of three months, you have to go into the office, and you only have to go into the office for any, for a eval. And the actual eval is not them evaluating you; it's you evaluating them, telling them if you're happy at your job, are you fulfilled with your job, kind of thing. Literally, starting salary $140,000. Python, it's what plants crave.
1: So uh, Python, if you go to python.org, you don't even have to install anything. They have a tutorial. You can type the code, edit the code, and click run, and it just runs on their website. So if you want to muck around with Python, go to python.org.
0: Yep, yep. I don't even know how long we've been going on, but I can't stop looking at this crow pie, um, Rich. Uh, Where can people catch up with you?
1: Well, as always, flyingrich.com is where all of my social media is aggravated.
0: Aggravated. Aggravated. (laughs) Aggravated. Was that a Freudian slip there, Rich?
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you why. Because I'm aggravated at um, Instagram because they keep changing how they output the information. So my pictures aren't showing up there for Instagram. It's just like a line of text, which I got to figure out a way to do something with. But, yeah, uh, flyingrich.com, you can find my YouTube channel there in uh, any of my social media. And, uh, you know, hey, say hi, leave a comment.
0: Very cool, very cool. Uh, I want to thank everyone for coming out live. Uh, Charles, Rain, Chatter, Red, uh, Dual Screen, again, Dual Screen. If you don't know Dual Screen, uh, podcast thoroughly embedded in the indie game scene. They're starting a couple other podcasts here in the short term really good people really nice people really honest podcasters is what i'll say um and again if you can come out live we try to do this show wednesday nights 9 p.m eastern standard time eastern time uh you can come join us at any time you want uh we have a discord server we have a Mattermost server we have an irc we have a youtube chat we have email at mini pc uh i want to say this right uh mini PC at podnoscom you can email me directly at to door geek at gmail.com or mail at podnos.com or you can just go to podnuts.com, click the link and you can hit the contact form or you can send us a voicemail at 7076 podnut.com uh do not forget we have a patreon patreon is the most direct way you can support us and have input into this show uh rich I want to thank you guys you for coming out uh Brian I hope everything's going well I think he's really busy slam this time of year so I hope everything's going good Brian uh, and I want to thank everyone for their support. I want to thank everyone for coming out. And I hope we will talk to everyone again before the end of the year for our ever exciting episode, um, one Oh one, uh, rich. I love you, man. I'll talk to you later and we'll talk to everyone again real soon.
1: buddy, be good.
0: Hi, this is Matt from the MRP tech podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP tech podcast on the Podnuts network. The theme for my show is everyday tech for everyday people. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology related. You can find us on iTunes and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen and let us know what you think.